This is The House Call. Welcome to The Brick House. This is going to be our new NBA segment. We're looking into it. We're thinking that this is going to be big. We're looking at the new season. Some of the news has come out in the league, so we're going to jump right into it. I'm Joe. That's Ernesto. Welcome to The Brick House. Let's get into some NBA news. First off, big things, a lot of allegations going out there. We saw the Emi Adoka stuff drop and how that's changed for him and the things that he's doing there and uh, everything that's going on with the Celtics. Now it looks like there's another allegation out there that's kind of crazy. Joshua Primo, a uh, player for the Spurs, is being sued by one of the Spurs' ex-clinical psychologists saying that there were multiple times where he exposed himself to her and – over nine different times she reported it to the team and the team did nothing. And now Joshua Primo and the Spurs find themselves in hot water over these allegations. Another big news segment here. The Harden is Harden is expected to be out for uh, the 76ers for up to a month. That's a big deal. They're losing a key cog that looked like he was finally found some rapport with his fellow players there, specifically Embiid. Thank you for that, Ernesto. Sometimes, man, I just I can picture their faces, never get the names out. That's and me then, for our football product yeah so Kyrie Irving uh obviously had some things where he uh uh posted and promoted an anti-semitic uh video or movie uh there's been a reports come out where the commissioner of the NBA has stated that he wishes he uh, Kyrie would just come out and formally apologize he did do a donation to uh prevent uh, a a group that's against uh, hate and and certain things like that of $500,000. And he did come out with a statement where he was uh, citing that he takes responsibility for what he did, but he stopped short of a full apology. So the Kyrie turmoil continues, whether it's about him being on the court playing or whether it's about him actually, you know, what his actions and the things he does. There's a lot going on, but we want to talk about some good things now. Matt Ryan for the Lakers hits a buzzer beater in overtime to give the Lakers a win. And his story is just so incredible. I know Ernesto, you, we looked into this story, uh, you know, a couple months ago, this guy was a delivery driver for uh, DoorDash, and now he's draining corner threes to win Lakers basketball games. Being from Los Angeles, I know how much the Lakers mean to that, to that city. And, you know, that just goes to show that if you have the determination and the desire to do something, you don't let nothing get in your way. Uh, you know, to be delivering DoorDash to now being on an NBA floor, hitting a buzzer beater. Like, that's going to increase your minutes. The Lakers are shooting the worst three-point percentage in the NBA this season alone. So if you could get a guy that could shoot threes and he is playing his ass off because – you know, again, he was a delivery driver. He had nothing to lose. He's got nothing, nothing to, to lose. lose. The dude's out there playing free as can be, nothing to lose. You know, because like you said, the last week he was a delivery driver. Now he's out there jacking threes. I mean, that's an amazing thing. And honestly, it, you know what, Disney, if you want to make a damn movie, make a movie about this guy. Because, you know, I mean, I get that, you know, the uh, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Antetokounmpo family had a really tough road to get to the NBA, and I couldn't be happier for him. But, I mean, this is another story that people can really relate to because how many times have we all been struggling to try to just make ends meet and, you know, and really you – know, and then suddenly we get an opportunity to do something that is going to help us and, and, and advance our lives and our careers and do things that we really want to do. And that's what this is about. And I couldn't be happier for Matt Ryan finding his way onto a basketball court, regardless of what uniform it is, even if it is a Lakers 
jersey. He's got to wear. I mean, it's 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 a terrible uniform, but I'm happy for the man. <laughs> right. We'll keep this going here. So obviously, this is another one, Ernesto, that you and I had discussed quite frequently. Uh, you know, in in the house call chat. And uh, I think that we're going to have probably a lot to say about this, but it looks like the Nets are once again on the coaching carousel, looking for someone to write the ship that is the Brooklyn Nets. And honestly, the Nets front office did this to themselves. They brought Kevin Durant in. They brought uh, Kyrie Irving in because Kevin Durant wanted to play with his friend. I've done videos on this multiple times. It is a dumpster fire of a situation because basically what Kevin Durant and them came out and said was, hey, we don't need a head coach. We don't need to be governed. We're too you know, freak talents, just let us go out there and play and we'll dominate. And that has not been the case. They have not looked cohesive. They have not looked good. And that defense and that defensive unit is they're not performing. And now it looks like they're trying to right that ship by bringing in a defensive minded coach, a guy who, you know, a leader of men and Ime Udoka, who has also found himself, as we said previously, in a bit of a scandal uh, with the Celtics who suspended him for the year for an unduly relationship with another staffer. And, Ultimately, you know, it's kind of it's interesting to see that the Celtics themselves were who suspended him. The NBA did not get involved. That was an internal organization decision. If he goes to the Nets, what are the chances you think that the NBA renders some sort of suspension based on the actions that he took inside that organization? Um, they're not going to suspend him. Uh, from what I read when Adrian Wojnarowski released everything and everything else when it was going on. You know, as a diehard Celtics fan, I was deep dove into it because, you know, it's a, it was a head coach that just took the team to the finals. You know, that's going to turn his my head and I'm gonna, I, in, in his first year, and I'm going to want to know what's going on. It was a consensual relationship. Uh, so with that, I don't think the NBA isn't going involved. What the problem was that from our understanding as we don't know what's going on, not even the players know. Like, a lot of the players are still shocked about the news of him potentially going to the Nets. It's not official official, but the Nets are expected to pursue Ime Udoka, and they're expected to go after him. Um, and they gave him free will leave if he wants. Um, I, I know it was consensual from what I understood. It was just the, Cel uh, the Celtics organization rules is no relationship with your own staff and on top of how it was they probably didn't do the formal ways to do it top of that it was an affair you know he's married yeah. to naya long the actress engaged i don't know if engaged, they actually got married, married. I, they were engaged. I, don't, I don't think they got married anymore after this but oh probably not <laughs> uh but it was engaged to naya long and you know the nets are going to get a great coach as much as everything as i know with the celtics i can't deny that Ime Udoka is a great head coach, and he will light the fire under Kevin Durant and maybe Kyrie, but now with the Kyrie news, uh, I, I knew it was coming eventually that Kyrie Irving was going to do some dumb shit that was going to either get him suspended, because if the commissioner has to sit down with you one-on-one -on -one to have a conversation, it's not pretty. It's yeah. not pretty. You must have done something that pissed him off that he wants you and him face-to-face. Exactly. And I mean, and let's be real. I don't even think Ime Odoka can make Kyrie play defense. The guy has never been a good, like overall good defender at the point guard position. I don't think anyone would classify him as an elite point guard de defender. You know, his, his game has always been his offensive skill set and that he's going to score more points than the guy across from him. And that's what you want. And that's what you get when you sign Kyrie. 
I think that the signing for the the Nets and is would be a good one just because of the talent or you know the the basketball IQ that Emi Odoka has. But I don't think he solves their problem. I think that at this point, there is so much wrong with that Nets organization that I mean, you look at just the turmoil they had this offseason. They had you know Kevin Durant said he wanted to get traded. Kyrie was looked like he was on his way out. Uh, they basically said, oh, fire the head coach and the GM or I'm not coming back. And then suddenly they all sat down and it was like, oh, everything's fine. Which I it, it, that, that never happens. You don't go through three months of turmoil and suddenly, oh, it's OK. And now you're going to get a get a guy in there who doesn't take you know, he doesn't take any shit. I mean, Adoka mm-hmm. doesn't take any shit from his players. He's like, he I, you're going to listen out. to me. Yeah, he calls you out. He called out Jason Tatum, who we're looking at as a as a as an all star and a future you know superstar of this league. He calls He's out Jalen Brown. He's an MVP candidate this year. Like, yeah, Jason Tatum is playing who, like an MVP. So Kevin Durant, you know, and, and Kyrie Irving, they're going to get shell shocked, and I don't know how they're going to react to it, man. I really don't. I don't think they're going to react well. They've never had that sort of leadership, you know, kind of thing outside of Kurt Durant with Steve Kerr. And there were so much other people in that locker room that were vocal and vocal leaders that Steve Kerr really didn't have to step in. That's not the case with the Nets. I don't think there's a leader in that in that locker room. Kevin Durant was supposed to be that guy. It's the whole reason he went there. And now he's never he he can't establish himself as a leader. And no one, I don't think anyone on that team looks to him as a leader. He's not a vocal guy, from what I've seen. He doesn't, you know, you don't ever see him on the sideline, like in the huddle that I've seen, you know, like trying to cheer, get those guys going. I mean, Marcus Smart is one of the most vocal leaders I've ever seen on, on a bench. And that is not Kevin Durant's game. You know, you got Dray, the reason Draymond Green's still with the Warriors is because the, he's that guy. He's, he's the, you know, the Jason Hayward Cubs, you know, it's raining, it's delayed, and he's in the locker room telling these guys what to do. You know, that's the kind of guy you need to accompany a, a culture change. And I don't think they have that guy in, in Brooklyn. And I just don't see it being anything more than what it was last year. And I'm still on that. I, I don't think the Nets are going to be anything special this year. I, I don't think they're going to be anything special. I think Edoka could try. And if it goes well, good for them. If it doesn't, then it just proves that too many egos. And you hit it on the nose. Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart is not a star player for the Celtics. He's a defensive star player. He is one of the leaders and Al Horford is one of the leaders. Al Horford's that veteran presence that the young guys look at and go like, Hey, spread some wisdom or, but Marcus Smart's that guy in that locker room that will call out players. You know, he did it last season calling out Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown saying they're playing selfish. And after that, I think there's still some tension, but after February, I think the Celtics were, yeah, they turned it around. 500. And, they were like under 500 by a game. Yeah. They turned it around. They were passing the ball. The ball was moving. The defense was amazing. This season started off great. They were three and zero to start. And I think now they're they're four and three. They're they've won one out of the last four. So they're so they're they're going. They got two overtime match. losses to, to to Cleveland, and I think that the Cleveland they, surprised the hell out of me. Well, Cleveland's I, a bad team. They're not a bad. They're, they're not as bad as people make people make it seem because LeBron and Kyrie left. They're they're, they're not a bad team. You know, Darius Garland is going to be a great point guard. 
And then Mobley's a really good defensive center. Oh, super. I mean, you know, he looks thin. He looks, he doesn't look like he's got the weight to go down there and and bang with those guys, but he's got such a good wingspan. He moves very quickly. He's got a good jumper. He's, he's, he's a good finisher. He's a good rebounder. Honestly, when I saw the, the Donovan Mitchell trade for the Cleveland Cavaliers, I didn't think that it was going to really tilt the needle for him at all. I didn't see him being able to perform. And honestly, of all the teams who got who added new pieces and are trying to mesh and find their identity, Cleveland looks like they found one. They're I mean, six and, and one and, for a reason. Yeah, yeah, and I think that one of the things that the Celtics are missing right now, after watching that game last night, you know, because I stayed up and I watched the whole thing, is that the difference between what the Celtics have and what Cleveland has is that Don, Donovan Mitchell is a finisher, and I'd hate to say it, the only portion of of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's games that they don't have right now is that they don't have that. Let me take over this game in the final five minutes and put this thing to bed kind of kind of play right now. I haven't seen and in both those overtime losses to Cleveland. It was Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers who were just they, they put the nail in the coffin. And that's what you need to see from that Celtics team right now. And and honestly, you know, I know that, you know, record is always indicative of, of the team. But. As of right now, I don't think the Celtics are where they were last year, you know, at the end of last year. I think they've regressed a little bit trying to get, you know, Malcolm Brogdon to move in. The Robert Williams of third surgeries and not having him for the first half of this year has been detrimental to their defense. They don't have the rim protector anymore. I love Al Horford to death, but he's not that guy. I'm, I'm going to touch on that because I, I, I liked the Blake Griffin signing, but I didn't. I think there are other centers in free agency you could have signed to replace Robert Williams. But yet you signed Blake Griffin, who's not even playing that many minutes. And I was a firm believer that I thought the Celtics should have rang up Dwight Howard, who's trying to do WWE things. But I'm pretty sure if you, knowing you are a contender and he's ring chasing right now, and you give him a call and you're like, hey, you want to come over for a one-year deal? We need a center. You want to come play? Uh, Dwight Howard would fit that interior presence that they're missing the celtics i feel like are under a new coach so now they're trying to adjust to i think joe mazula is more offensive minded the defensive minded so they went from a fully defensive minded coach which was any doka just mauling defense mauling defense and play and pass the ball joe mazula still has that like extra ball move because we're scoring a lot of points but we're yeah. not playing the deep nowhere near as good of a defense as we did last season. I think, I think they'll be okay. Uh, as far as I think, I think they'll turn it around. I think the coaching is just getting a little bit in there. They'll figure it out. It's going to be interesting. I think Joe Missoula, like you said, he he's. It's interesting to see Joe Missoula right now, right? To what he's doing, and honestly, one of the things that I've noticed is that Joe Missoula. Um, it's strange. I think they're trying to find their identity again. Uh, It's not easy to have three different coaches in three years. All right. You went from Brad Stevens to Emi Adoka. And we saw that, you know, they try to add some pieces, things that mesh right. Now you have, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, no Robert Williams. And they're trying to figure out how to get all these things to work. Who's the best, you know, players you can toss out there. And right now the problem that you're seeing is, is that there's not a lot of options in that team. And like I said, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown don't have that, you know, let me ISO drive and, and take this guy to the, to the rim kind of, kind of uh, ability right now. It seems like that their offense doesn't want to play that way. 
but in the when the games pushed to shove, you know, like you saw it, we saw it in the Cleveland game. They gave the ball to Donovan Mitchell and they said, Hey, go win us a basketball game. This is a tight game. I want the best player who's got the best ability to score to have the ball. And you know, they went between Donovan Mitchell and Garland, and both those guys are they're essentially the same guy with the ball in their hand. They're shifty ball handlers who can make a drive to the lane, stop on a dime, and put up a beautiful jump shot within, you know, 15 feet of the rim if they need to. I right now, the Celtics don't have that. The Celtics just don't have that. And, and and that's the problem is that maybe that's what Jason Tatum needs to do. That's the next step in his ascension is go, hey, this is a tie game with four minutes left in the fourth. I'm about to take over this shit. The thing I'm about, is, let me establish who I am. Jason Tatum has had this issue for, 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 for the first few years of his career already where yeah. he doesn't want to ball. He doesn't take the ball. He'll take it, then he'll pass it. You're our and fucking think- superstar. You're our franchise player. We put the ball in your hands. You need to be the person that goes, I'm gonna take over. If they double team me, I got I got my I got my I got my best buddy over there, Jalen Brown, wide open. Because if you're double teaming me, someone's open. Yeah. Pass the ball out, do something. I think Brogdon should have played in overtime. He had a hot hand. He had fifteen points, six of ten shooting. He only played twenty four minutes. I think he should have played in overtime. Honestly, I think you should have played him over Smart because Brogdon's a really underrated defender. Smart's obviously our best perimeter defender, but Brogdon just gives you better scoring and at least a good defender. Yeah, and hey, I want—I know we've already talked about the Kyrie Irving stuff and everything like that. Well, it just dropped about 14 minutes ago. Kyrie Irving has been suspended for five games without pay for failure to disavow anti-Semitism remarks. So that is what the that is the punishment that the Brooklyn Nets are levying on Kyrie Irving for his unwillingness to apologize for the remarks and the promotion of the the material that he is promoting. Five games suspension for Kyrie Irving. Just wanted to get that out there. I just saw it drop, and that's I mean, you know, and that's honestly that's not surprising. I mean, you 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 go out, you do this thing. And your surprise, I, I I don't know. I want to see how Kyrie responds. All right, because Ky- Kyrie's been doing his own thing for so long. It's going to be interesting to see how he responds to this. But let's keep this rolling. Uh, I think we've uh, we've talked about the whole Ime Doka thing and how the 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 Cleveland Cavaliers and the Celtics look. But who's your top five in the East right now, Ernesto? Uh, my list has been made before the season i know we've been trying to drop this video for a while uh yes you got in a fist fight with a garage door hinge you won because yes you still look gorgeous and beautiful yeah well i don't know my gra- i would say i did win my garage door is still broken and and looks like <laughs> hell so and i look normal but <laughs> <laughs> but it's the same list i haven't changed it even with the season because i just felt like that would be kind of cheating because i know i kind of like no. Uh, number one, the Celtics. Uh, I kind of deep dove a bit into the game and some of their problems. I still think they upgraded. I think they'll get it going again. I think Joe Mazzulla will figure out what rotation he trusts more. I think he's just spitballing with the players right now. He's like, he's running a 10-man rotation. You're not going to run that every game. 
you know. No. They're going to no. throw different people out there. Uh, Celtics got better. They're going to find a lineup that works, and they're just going to roll with it. And Polinari is going to come back, too, at the end of the season before the playoffs. Yeah. Robert Williams is going to come back in a few months. So that's already like 15 point, 15, 13 to 15 points off bench with Polinari. You get 15 to 20 with Brogdon. You get three block, three to five blocks a game with Robert Williams and like 10 rebounds and 10 points. The team's going to just go up from here. Uh, it's a little rough patch now. I did like what I saw early on in the season. I think we'll see more of that. I think they're just trying to find their footing. Number two, the Bucks. I don't think the Celtics make the finals. Chris Middleton played last year. Uh, they yeah. looked, they did not look good against the Bucks. It was essentially just Giannis turning into a demigod. <laughs> that is uh, that are, is 100% factual. <laughs> <laughs> There's not, not much I could go on the Bucks. They're the same team they were last season, just healthier. Uh, number three, I got the Heat. Heat are one of those teams that are just always going to be competitive. They know how they constructed their team. They know what they want. You got a great six-man, Tyler Hero, who's won six-man of the year, I think, twice now, 22 points a game. You got Jimmy Butler, all-around amazing player, Kyle Lowry, veteran, okay point guard, good point guard. Could cost you games, could win you games, but he's 50-50. Bam. You know, so you got... A really good team. They're a really good bench. Eric Spolster is one of the best coaches in the NBA, in my opinion. And number five, I had the Nets uh, slash 76ers. I didn't know what the Nets were going to be, but they're just the Nets with two of the best players of this generation, as much as we would hate to admit it. Oh, so they're the Nets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree with I agree with a lot of things you said. Um, I, like I said, I did a video on the Nets, and honestly, the best thing I saw, the best case scenario I ever saw them at was the five seed uh, going into the playoffs this season. Um, I and that was the best case scenario. I honestly didn't. I, I thought that they had a better chance of not making the playoffs than getting the five seed this year in the East. I don't like what they've done on that team. I don't like how that team is looking. It is turmoil. It is chaos. And honestly, Steve Nash is lucky to get away from that dumpster fire. They He's a scapegoat for what's wrong with that team. And <coughs> and honestly, people want to try to blame Steve Nash for this. It's not Steve Nash's fault, all right? And I don't trust the Nets whatsoever to be able to turn this around. I think this is probably going to be one of the worst seasons that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have record-wise as a t- for a team they play on, especially when they play on one together. Um, right now, like I said, you you had those picks from the beginning of the season. Let's look how the East is shaping up right now. So we got some we got some uh, differences. So obviously, Milwaukee's in first place. They have not lost a game. Giannis is playing out of his mind. He looks like he is on a mission to prove that he you know can carry this team to another championship. Then you have Cleveland, who we have already addressed. They look fantastic. The best thing they could have done was trade for Donovan Mitchell because apparently that's all they needed. The package, the people they signed, adding Donovan Mitchell, all the players they got, the collection they got right now, that team 100% is ready to go, and they are playing really, really good basketball. And honestly, outside, I think like they lost their, their first game and have since won six straight. So whatever it is that they're doing there, they're doing it right. Then you have Toronto – at the three spot right now, uh, and Atlanta at the four. Honestly, Toronto, 
it, it seems like they're they're kind of trying to find themselves since you know it's been you had a uh, uh, Kyle Lowry leave and it seems like they've turned the page onto the next chapter and through you know eight games they're not bad. I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with the Bucks in a in a seven game series or even Cleveland in a seven game series. But right now, that's where they're at. Then you have the Hawks, and I know that there is a some uh, injury concern with a. Uh, Trey Young right now he had a got a scratch on his eyeball and uh, but he says he's not going to miss any time he's playing through it and honestly that team's going to go the way that Trey Young takes him he's he's a he's a great talent at point guard he's one of the he's he reminds me a lot of a uh, like a younger uh, Steph Curry because he shoots the ball he handles the ball well he find makes space for himself and he just knocks down these ridiculous shots right Atlanta's only going to go as far as he can carry him. And then at number five, you have Boston. And like we said, Boston's trying to figure out what they have right now. They're trying to get some some rapport with each other. They're trying to find a rotation that works for them. And they're missing some people that they were hoping was going to be there to start the season. And I think, like we discussed, if Robert Williams III and Gallinari are playing, this team is totally different and probably is is keeping up with the Bucks and the Cavaliers for, you know, having a good record. Uh Honestly, I'm really surprised at the 76ers. It looked like in, in that first game of the year they really had something figured out, but it looked but it also looks like the the Celtics have shown the league the best way to defend Embiid and that's just wait till he starts trying to back someone down and crash on him and he's either going to turn the ball over cuz he can't react that well, which I mean, let's face it, if I was 7 foot 1 trying to dribble a ball up to like, you know, my waistline, it's going to take a minute for it to go down and come back up. <laughs> has a lot of distance to cover for, to dribble a basketball. So, and that's what's happening right now. You, they're making him be, try to pass out of those situations and make someone else beat them. And so far it's been kind of rough for them to do that. And that's why they got a four and five record. But honestly, the biggest disappointment out of your rankings is the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, two and six, but like I said, that's who I thought they were. And that's who I think they're going to continue to be. I don't see it changing very much, but let's go ahead and get out of the East. Let's start looking at the West. It's been a pretty interesting time there right now. And if I can get this to work, there we go. But who do you who's your top five in the West? Top five in the West. Again, pre-seat. This is before the season even started. So I'm not even looking at records. I haven't even besides the Celtics and Cavs, because I was looking at the game yesterday. I don't I didn't know the records that well. Um because I didn't want to until I dropped this video, and then maybe if you want to stay around, unbiased, you didn't want to look at your list. I want to like, stay wow, unbiased. I, I made I, that I, stupid I, decision. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I want to stay unbiased. So, number one, the Warriors—they just won the championship. I think they just got better. Um, don't bet against Steph Curry because that that guy is some killer. He's a killer. Clay Thompson Absolutely. last season, a lot of people were like, oh, he regressed. He came off an ACL injury after not playing. He was gone for like two and a half years, man. Exactly. He shredded that knee. And I, I think that uh, he even came out recently. I forget who it was. Who it was Stephen A. or Kendrick Perkins or someone was like – or no, it's Charles Barkley. And we all know Charles Barkley loves his crazy takes and everything like that. And he says some things that I just – I don't even know how he comes up with the things he says. But he had said, you know, oh, Clay Thompson isn't the same player. And Clay came out and said – yeah, I know. I didn't I haven't shot. I didn't shoot a basketball for like two years, and my knee was completely shredded. The fact I'm on the basketball court at all is a miracle. Give me time. And I think, given time, he 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 start. You know, the good thing about being a shooter is that your knee only needs to bend and go up. He's not a slasher. He's not someone's going to dunk. He's just a shooter. You know, yeah. 
Uh, Warriors got better. They signed Dante DiVincenzo, who I think is a really underrated signing for them. He's a good on-ball defender, a good shooter. Number two, Clippers. And this was a team that fell under the radar last year. The reason I have the Clippers number two is because they have one person coming back that did not play at all last season. And that person is Kawhi Leonard. It's so easy to forget just how fucking good Kawhi Leonard is. He took the Raptors from a team that's never made the finals in their history of being a franchise to a finals appearance and win in his one and only season there. He's now a Toronto Raptors legend just one season. And that's all he played. He's a guy that could transform your team into something better. He's he's very underrated because people put are so quick to put Durant, LeBron, all these people over him. And you forget, Kawhi's beating all these people when it's mattered most. He beat LeBron when the Miami Heat had the big three, and he was young. He outperformed LeBron, won finals MVP, defended LeBron, and shut LeBron down. He beat Kevin Durant and the Warriors in the finals with Toronto. And Paul George, yes, you can make the memes. Playoff P, playoff P, doesn't perform. Whatever, it doesn't matter. They're, Paul George is Paul George at the end of the day. He's a great secondary scoring option. He's a guy that's going to give you 20 to 30 points any given night. The same with Kawhi. Two great on-ball defenders. Reggie Jackson has found his his coming in in Los Angeles. Last season, he was their saving grace. He had a few 30-point, 40-point games, even game winners out there. The team is very well-rounded and very well-coached with, uh, I believe it's Tyron Liu. Uh, Really good team. You know, they're very... Very underrated team, and I have them at number two because they're just one of those teams that I think their time is coming. They've been injured every time they've made the playoffs. Number three is a team that's forgotten about, but you have a two-time MVP on that team, and that's the Denver Nuggets. Jamal Murray did not play last season at all. He tore his ACL, and he is an all-star. He is a 20-plus points per game player. You got Michael Porter Jr., who's finally healthy and becoming a great versatile player. Shoot, play defense, and dunk the basketball. You got Nikola Jokic, obviously, who we just mentioned, who could do it all. You know, yeah. he could score in the post, shoot the three, shoot the mid-range, playmate. You know, great he does passer. like he's, he thinks he's behind great the head passer. passes, behind great the back passer. bounce. Like he's, Full you court got dimes, Gordon. I mean. <laughs> yes. And you got Aaron Gordon there, too, who could shoot the corner three, who's versatile, you know. I'm just waiting for a kind of repeat of the LeBron Wade picture where like Wade's doing this and LeBron's dunking it, where just Joke is throwing it behind his head and like Aaron Gordon just coming and hammering it down or something. Yeah. Because that's just something I'm waiting to see. Number four, I have a team that's not great in the regular season, but when it comes to playoff time, their star player just takes it to another level. And that's the Mavericks. I Luka Doncic, for some reason, when the playoffs come, is a killer. He's like, give me the ball. I'll carry this team. It does. Everyone else to stay out of my way. It doesn't matter. I'm the only superstar here. If you're open, I'll find you. If you're not, I'll take it myself. But, like, he's won playoff series. He's taken the teams that are talent-wise so much better than the Mavericks to seven games. And the reason they're four is because they're just such a deadly team that they're – Unpredictable, well-coached, great players all around. Tim Hardaway is a great shooter, good defender. 
Dorian Finney-Smith. You have Spencer Dinwiddie's coming to his own as a good number two guard to Lucas. And it's just a really good team. Number five, I had my doubts with them, uh, honestly, when I was making my list. Their talent-wise, I just couldn't pass them up. I got the Suns. You know, I was wondering if you're going to put them on the list. I was like, man, or not? I thought, you know, the Suns maybe they'll be one. Oh, the Suns aren't one. Maybe they'll be two. The Suns aren't two. Maybe they'll be three. And they weren't three. So I'm, I'm going to dive five. into why they're five. Uh, this is a team I know their record now, so I kind of like feel stupid. But <laughs> before the season, there was a lot of drama with the owner allegedly being saying some stuff and him having to sell the team. There was rumors about DeAndre Aiden not liking the coach Monty Williams. There was rumors of conflict between CP3 and Devin Booker. Now we know the truth that all that was basically just the media stirring the pot, and they're they're doing really well. Consider it stirred, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're really well, but they're. I, I was really thinking about leaving them off because of all that drama stuff, and they're also a team that. They don't when it comes to the playoffs they seem to disappear like chris paul has been so close to winning the ring houston clippers suns and it's just something about him he just can't get it done or devin booker goes from an mvp candidate all season and in the playoffs he's shooting one for 17 some games and stuff like that they just disappear i'm hoping they're they're very talented they have to be able to somehow Take the next step, make the finals, maybe win it, maybe not. I don't know, but you it has to be a Western Conference finals appearance for the Suns. Because honestly, I don't know. You are too talented to not. That is true. And I mean, me, so we already talked about, you said the Suns, you know their record now. The Suns are obviously through seven games. They're six and one. They're dominating. They're showing why they they were uh, such a good team last year and how they're going to be such a good team this year. In second place, this is a surprise right now for me. I really didn't think Portland had much of anything going for them, but right now they're the sec- they're the number two uh, best team in that in the league right now. They're putting up good points. They're playing really well on the road, and they're just really you know showing up. and And that's kind of crazy since Damian. I don't. I, I've been waiting for Damian Lillard to leave. But I don't think he leaves. I think Damian Lillard is, is he started off a trailblazer and he's going to finish his career as a trailblazer. And that's just he's all that's going ever to be. Rare, rare, very low. Rare athletes. Player, rare athletes. Yeah. And you know what? I want, I want Portland to get that man a ring. I don't care what it costs, sell out for one year and get that man a ring because he deserves it. The next is another big surprise in all honesty Utah. I mean, Utah sold their two best players, right? And Dan, give credit to Danny Ainge, man, because if Danny Ainge can t- can sell all his best players on a team, take a team that's got nobody on it, and make them look like you know, just he just identifies talent. And like I still remember when Terry Rozier and was the the starting point guard with Marcus Smart on the bench, and you know you had uh, Jameson Crowder and that team, and you're like, how can this team compete? And they went to the playoffs. You know, you're like, how is this team? Taking a team Isaiah to like Thomas. six or seven games, you know, and it's just insane NBPA, how this Isaiah, is doing. NBPA, yeah, Isaiah you know, Thomas. wild, wild thing. And now he's doing the same thing in 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 Utah with the Jazz. I mean, you know, we just talked about how Donovan Mitchell's killing it for the Cavs, and Rudy Gobert is not there anymore. He's in Minnesota, and 
Utah is still Utah. It looks like it looks like they're still performing. The the coach has found a rotation that works for him right now. They're putting up points, and they're six and three. They played nine games. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about right now. And they have so many draft picks, man. If they're performing this well, and they and Danny Ainge, we all know Danny Ainge drafts well. He identifies talent really well. You know, and I think that's his biggest thing right now. He wanted to go somewhere where he can identify talent. And obviously, the problem was was that the Utah Jazz weren't getting over the top. Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell's relationship was gone. And Danny Ainge is he's remember how I said it in the NFL segment. I said, if you're going to sell, you commit to the sell. And that's what Danny Ainge does. He says, Okay, I'm gonna sell. I'm committing to it. He did it in he did it in Boston. He said, Okay, you know, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, bye. See you later. Jason Terry, you can go with him. Full sell. And then he was like, oh, hey, look, I'm, I'm in Utah. There's turmoil here. Okay, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, bye. You guys are perennial talents. You're, you know, borderline superstars. And I'm going to get tons of draft picks out of you. And that's what he did. And Utah is going to be dangerous. If, if they draft well, if those draft picks turn out to be anything special, look out for Utah. Then you have Memphis coming in at four. And, you know, the Grizzlies, honestly, John Morant is going to be on top. He's going to be putting stuff on people's heads for years to come. And honestly, he's he's probably borderline next generation superstar. I think he's the next up and comer. I had the Grizzlies really close on this list. It was between them and the Suns. And I was really like debating even knocking off maybe the Mavs. But I'm, like I said, the Mavericks aren't a regular season team. They're a playoff team. They're a team in the playoffs. They'll show out. Yeah, and then you like right now the net the rounding out of the top five is the the Spurs at five and three, and everyone else you named like Denver's at six at four and three, the Mavs are at nine at four and three, the Clippers aren't even uh, in the top ten in the West at four and four, and Golden State's at three and five. I mean, there's some there are some teams out there right now that are struggling, and you know they like you said there's some injuries and some people who weren't there for Denver. They're trying to get back into the groove. You look at uh, the same way, you know, for uh, the Clippers right now and four and four, Ka- Kawhi Leonard didn't play last year. He's trying to find his groove again. Basketball is a rhythm game. And if you've been away for a little bit, I I know like, you know, I've never been overly good at shooting a basketball, but there's, I can tell I'm way worse after it's been a couple months than when I just shot yesterday. So I can only imagine how it is for these guys, especially when you're having an injury that doesn't allow you to even shoot let alone dribble oh, and you know, oh, do no, the motions. In high school, I was a sharpshooter. If I dare try and shoot a basketball, if I did back then when I used to train with the team every yeah. day, I don't know. I, I airball my first five, 20 shots before hey, I hit the rim. You and me both, you and me both, bro. We both throw up bricks, which makes the name of this segment that much better. The Brick House is perfect for the name for this because I know if I shoot a basketball right now, it's going to be a brick. You know if you shoot a basketball right now, it's going to be a brick. But that's our top fives right now. That's Ernesto's top five, what it was before the season started. This is where they're at right now. We've gone over all the big news in the NBA. Don't roast Don't... me. It was before the season. I did not know <laughs> all these things were going to happen. <laughs> that's how that's how predictions go, though, man. I mean, who would have thought that, that you know, the, NF- the AFC West would look this way? And now, you know, basketball, who would have thought the West would have, you know, the, the, the Golden State Warriors the through you know, eight games five. aren't even – yeah, the Spurs five – the Jazz Popovich said during preseason that don't even fucking he said don't don't fucking bet on us to win the finals and the fifth yeah. in the West. 
Yeah, right through through eight games, nine games. So I mean, the season's still early. There's 84 games, or 82 games in the in the league year, and obviously we're a tenth of the way through. So there's way there's so much time so things much. to change. But this has been the Brick House. I'm Joe. That's Ernesto. Below is the Society6.com link. That's where all our merchandise is at for the House Call podcast. Go to that link. You can get a. We got T-shirts. We got merch. We got anything there you want. Hoodies. We got it all. Go there. Check it out. Rep the squad. Make sure you subscribe, follow, share the video. We're on uh, Spotify. If you just want to listen to the podcast and want to see our beautiful faces, we're on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You can check us out on all the platforms there. Make sure you share our content, grow this community, give us a subscription. We got giveaways coming up and we're also got sponsors. That's our liquid IV code down there. I know I need to drink some water. Ernesto, you're probably dehydrated too. All you need to do is Use that code. You can get 20% off and free shipping of Liquid IV. Takes one packet, 16 ounces of water. I like it on ice. My favorite flavor is the guava flavor. It's not too overpowering. Tastes good. Gives you three times the electrolytes. Hydration all day. Anytime I'm doing anything physical, I got Liquid IV by my side. But I'm Joe. That's Ernesto. Stay hydrated and come back next week for The Brick House. See you then. I mean, just for a little clarification, Earlier in the year, they really weren't lit, weren't uh, were not letting Justin Fields throw the football. The last three weeks, he's thrown.